Doctor's Kitchen. Recipes, health, lifestyle. Welcome to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast. The show about food, lifestyle, medicine, and how to improve your health today. I'm Dr. Rupi, your host. I'm a medical doctor. I study nutrition, and I'm a firm believer in the power of food and lifestyle as medicine. Join me and my expert guests where we discuss the multiple determinants of what allows you to lead your best life. You can tell how excited I was to have Donna Haight visit our studio this week. I've been an avid fan for years and we were privileged to have her grace our kitchen to record not only a podcast, but also a recipe for our YouTube channel. Make sure you do go check that out. Donna Hay doesn't really need much of an introduction. She's an Australian favorite. She's one of the most trusted home cooks globally, a household name, an international food publishing phenomena. She's got 29 books. That's not a typo, 29 books that have sold more than 7 million copies worldwide. They've been translated into 10 different languages and her TV cooking shows have brought her signature style to life for viewers in more than 14 countries. And when I say signature style, her styling is absolutely iconic. It's inspired myself as well as many budding home cooks, I'm sure, around the world. Her latest book, Even More Basics to Brilliance, is a collection of classics that people can always rely on, those dependable, delicious recipes that we all want in our bag of tricks, and is a follow-on from the previous book, Basics to Brilliance. Today, we are talking about how she thinks about healthy ingredients or ingredients in general and injects flavor into them. I also want to know what Donna Hayes store cupboard and pantry ingredients she always has, what are her go-tos, how she thinks about recipe creating, and what food styling can do to create anticipation around a meal. I was also interested in her own health hacks and how she keeps healthy, particularly when she's traveling. I mean, she's over in London at the moment doing a big tour to promote the latest book. And I also wanted to know a bit about her business empire and how she maintains that clarity of brand presence, the identity, despite the wealth of touch points from books, cookware, magazines, and TV shows. That's something that we are thinking a lot about at the Doctor's Kitchen as we grow not only the team, but also the touch points in terms of whether we're going to do cafes, whether we're going to do food ingredients, whether we're going to do more than just the app recipes and actually create a whole ecosystem around healthy eating with the Doctor's Kitchen ethos. So super interested in that. And remember, you can watch the podcast on YouTube. There's a link if you're listening to this on any of your podcast players. YouTube is where you can see Donna's beaming smile uh, and the wonderful studio setup that we have at the moment. If you want to support The Doctor's Kitchen, one of the easiest ways that is no cost is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just click on the subscribe and then hit the notification bell. That really does help us out a lot. And you can also download The Doctor's Kitchen app for free to get access to all of our recipes with specific suggestions tailored to your health needs. And we are really excited about over the next couple of months, we're going to be adding even more features. And yes, Android users, you will eventually get access to the app very, very soon. And you can also 
Follow along on our newsletter. Every single week, we send you seasonal Sundays. We send you recipes. We send you interesting bits of information that I'm learning about, I'm listening to, I'm reading. And if you want to keep along on our journey as we learn more and more about nutritional medicine, our newsletter is the easiest way to keep on top of that as well. For now, this is my wonderful conversation with the iconic Donna Hay. Before we get started, here is a quick word from the people who make this podcast possible. Donna, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been such a big fan of oh, your books, you. your styling, everything about you. Absolutely love. And as someone who used to live in Australia, I know very well how much of a big deal you are over there and internationally. Um, I want to talk to you about like how you inject flavor into healthy ingredients. We, we have a focus on nutrition, nutritional mm -hmm. medicine. And, you know, I'm a big believer that for something to stick and for people to eat consistently well, they need to enjoy their food. So when you think about healthier ingredients, how do you think about injecting more flavor in, into those? Um, I think of it from a few different ways. And I'm a big fan of what you do. And I think it comes from my childhood where I was the child that had the enormous multi-grain salad sandwich. Um, and I'm kind of old. So, you know, like it was, I was the outlier. My mom was so ahead of her time. Our, the, on the top of our fridge was a three-tiered alfalfa sprouter. Right, yeah. um, So it looked, you know, whenever I'd bring my friends home from school, I'd be trying to hide, you know, like, mom, yeah, yeah. hide all yeah. the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was always culturing her own yogurt on the countertop. And so she was really, you know, you can imagine as a teenager, I hated it. Yeah, yeah. But I did often go to school with a big multi-grain, like she'd have to go out of her way to buy multi-grain bread. And and I'd have this big grated carrot, fresh beetroot, alfalfa sprout sandwich, soggy in my yeah. lunchbox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, horrid. So I kind of came from, you know, that sort of background. Um, but it was really bland cooking. Mm. And I have two older sisters and they sort of begged me to cook because my mom was so healthy that mm. we were eating what tasted like cardboard, mm. you know, like this horrible wholemeal macaroni back in the day you yeah. know like there wasn't it she couldn't even buy tasty ingredients yeah. I don't think yeah. so she did grow a lot in her garden and and good on you know like she did give me a great grounding of what you know food healthy food should be yeah. um but I think it kind of I understood from quite an early age about fresh produce mm. and also that food is you know is what fuels you absolutely yeah. um so having no idea if I've answered your question, I think that the benefit that I bring to my recipes is that I'm quite science focused. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think if you're going to write a balanced recipe, if you're not going to retest it a million times, you've always got to fall back on your science. Yeah, yeah. So I guess when this kind of, all oh, this kind of health thing started and people started replacing just coconut sugar or coconut oil, mm. just, you know, randomly in and out, it, I think that might have turned people against a bit of healthy eating because yeah. it's not that simple. Mm. And it did kind of go towards my mother's cardboard cooking, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's a cookie, but I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. I'm eating it because I it's healthy or what's the motivation? Yeah. So I kind of, 
I kind of went through that phase of going, okay, let's not just sub in healthier ingredients. Let's work really hard on changing this white flour into a portion of buckwheat flour, but then maybe some wholemeal spelt that's a bit lighter. So it was always trying to balance not going ahead of my time, but taking people on that journey. Totally, yeah. 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 And I, I remember that sort of because you, your career has obviously spanned the different sort of health phases over the last couple of years. Um, and I remember this sort of trend toward just replacing like an oil with coconut oil yeah. or like a sugar with agave or whatever yeah. and just calling it healthier without A, an appreciation for the science of how those ingredients come together, but also the sort of cultural heritage of a dish. Like you can't use coconut oil in a pasta. Like no. it just doesn't work. And I remember seeing this. And, and like, do you really want that really fatty film no. on the top of you? Like bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I kind of balance. I feel like I dance both sides of the floor. I really want people to cook. Mm. And I think that's the gateway to, to for people to understanding. Absolutely. So I have, I'm kind of torn between my heritage with my mom of healthy cooking, but then the greater kind of, hey, cooking's easy, come with me, mm. and then I'll take you a little bit further if I can. Yeah. But, I, you know, I love doing my kids' shows and my kids' books and sneaking healthy things yeah, in there. Yeah. That I think was the most rewarding thing I did. And working with kids who are so honest and so fantastic yeah. um, yeah. was such a great um, experience for me. But that's really, you know, I try and capture people wherever I can. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you've got two uh, um, young adults now, haven't you, in, in the family. Yeah. Are they, talking of honesty, are they pretty honest about like your cooking and stuff? Do they sort of give you honest reviews? Do they push back? Oh, yeah, them? they're boys. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, one of them's really adventurous and, and is really quite healthy. Mm -hmm. And the other one, I don't know where I went wrong. I'm hoping he'll slide back in, but his diet is terrible. Right. And it kills me. Really? I have to bite my tongue all the time oh, because we really come to loggerheads about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really yeah. badly. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know what your loved one should be eating, but navigating that difficult conversation is sometimes really hard, particularly as a, as a, as a mother. Yeah. And he really does shut me down really quickly, which snaps our communication for the night because mm. he gets angry at me. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping I can bring him back around. I'm hoping it's just a phase he's going in. He's quite the hustler at the yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, healthy ingredients. So mm -hmm. what are sort of your go-to ingredients that you always have in your pantry or always have in your kitchen? Like what are some of Donna Hayes' health, healthy ingredient favorites? Well, let, let's keep going with my boys because yeah. I'm, as their mother, I feel like I can trick them with no excuse. Uh -huh. So because they're always hungry and they're quite active and like the hustler, the 21-year-old, quite the entrepreneur, yeah. and then my other son studies agriculture. Okay. So he's out in his – anyway, they're busy. Yeah. So yeah. – I try and I always have um, in the kitchen really, um, really big muffins, but I find that that's my way to sneak things into their diet that I want them to have. Mm -hmm. So they're a base of banana, buckwheat flour, any type of sugar I've got from coconut to raw sugar. They're boys. They're yeah. going to like yeah, the banana yeah. takes most of the sweetness. But then I go heavy on chia seeds, almond meal, uh -huh. walnuts. Uh -huh. 
flaxseed meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they are jammed yeah. with everything I can get in them. And then even just flaxseed oil or whatever I've got just Tons to bind them together, a whole bag of frozen raspberries. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So when yeah. I see them snacking on those, I feel like a more responsible parent. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, just like thinking about all the different benefits of those different ingredients, the chia with the omega-3 that's plant-based and you've got the flax and then all those other sort of uh, high-fiber ingredients that are going to support their gut health. And you're right, they're pretty active, so they're going to burn off that sugar in whatever form it's going to be in, whether it's white sugar or cane sugar. I guess that sort of cane sugar or like um, the sort of uh, less refined ones give it like an earthy tone that goes quite nicely with banana. Yeah. Yeah. I, d- I do put five bananas in as yeah, the base yeah. <laughs> to get the sweetness, but also, you know, the potassium, everything else that I know goes in there. So, yeah, yeah I find that just having all of those things to hand mm-hmm. um, that I can sneak it in when I'm cooking for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got those banana muffins. What else uh, is always in your in your kitchen or your, your fridge? Um, well, to feed um, boys, they're, they're quite easy, like – they kind of starving now. And so I find I have that five-minute window of like yeah. let's get them fed and get them out of the way before they're out the door and going somewhere else. Yeah. So I find that I can feed them really quickly with omelets, which I can hide baby spinach in mm. and rocket and some smoked trout or whatever I've got in the fridge. So I find an omelet is one of those baseline things that I can play with and, and actually add a lot of things to, yeah. whether it's a bit of shredded kale or, you know, as I said, some wilted baby spinach and then some feta even in mm. it. But I find that the the omelet is my trick to yeah. feeding them quickly before they disappear again. Yeah, this is great because I think for, for a lot of people, they feel that like healthy eating uh, has to be some wondrously complicated meal that has all these considerations. But actually, when you learn the basics, you know how to just inject different ingredients like spinach or mm-hmm. feta, which has all those different benefits, more wholesome and much better you're going to get like from outside, whether it's, I don't know, Maccas or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I try and balance out what they do when I'm not looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got a muffin and omelette. I love that. Any, anything else that, that you sort of always have up your sleeve whenever you're trying to cook something, whether it's in a rush or whether you're entertaining? Um, I just try and have um, lots of fresh herbs. I find that that just brings a vibrancy, just like lemons, whether you're using the rind or the juice. Mm. Um, I find that, you know, when you start with fresh, you kind of can't go wrong. You can then, you know, you can just do a really simple pasta yeah. or so I try and have lots of fresh herbs on hand. If my vegetable crisper is not full, I do sort of get a bit anxious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what I just like, oh my, there's nothing in the fridge. And, and then my partner says to me, the fridge is almost full. I'm like, look at the vegetable crisper. Yeah. <laughs> not even a bunch of kale here. Um <laughs> so I do sort of cook at home with start with fresh and then just add to it. So whether I'm just doing a quick quinoa bowl or yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, like you, everyone's been on their own health journey. I think mm-hmm. this is how I started like 15 years ago when I was a junior doctor. I had my own heart condition and doing a deep dive into the nutrition literature and everything else. I sort of realized like, okay, food can be medicine. Mm-hmm. Food has medicinal effects. It's not just uh, for, for flavor. It can be for function as well. Um, have you been on your own health journey and have you picked up things along along your sort of um, your adventures through through food? 
Yeah, I think when you um, see people around you that maybe are unwell or um, you just want to um, run as fast as you can, you know, mm. you love your job and and you want to get everything out of life and, and you're trying to find that balance. Um, for me, it's really important then. I've always been inquisitive about um, pharmaceuticals, like why why um why are people given a pill mm. and and what's the science what is the reason behind that like how did i get unwell not just take a pill and i'll see you yeah. in 6 months um so i really love um like visiting integrative doctors and and kind of weaving in that into my life mm. um because you know when you run fast <laughs> you want to stay you want to keep up yeah so um for me it was it was more about um you know, my dad had dementia and, and just being really inquisitive of, well, how, how was there a role within his diet that played in that? Was how do we stay well? Mm. I'm not happy about just being prescribed a pill mm. for anything. Um, it's my least preferred way of treatment. I think I'm my, a GP's nightmare because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that sits there going, but why? but why? Yeah, yeah. And what else can I do to support this? Yeah. Um, and like you, I think that food plays a really big role in that. Um, mm, mm. Yeah. I probably would want to hang out with you for months and months <laughs> and months and understand more about your, you know, yeah. your your um, educational background in this that we could really get something going. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, I think for a lot of general practitioners who are time poor, you would probably represent a, a, a bit of a thorn because it's like, I, I just want to give you this pill and then send you on your way. Yeah. But I actually think as a GP myself, and I think for a new generation of GPs out there, we are welcoming that um, inquisitiveness from patients like yourself. Because when you understand the why and the foundations for what enables people to thrive and how they thrive, and that sort of foundational wellness, you'll be a better person, you'll be a better patient, and you'll be healthier such that we don't need to necessarily prescribe you pills that have a you know wonderful effect and they're very very important and i think this sort of culture of nutritional medicine and lifestyle medicine and mental health medicine and sleep medicine you know these are things that if we educate more people around it you know we'll lessen yeah. our reliance on 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 pills yeah it's um yeah, there's so much, I feel like there's so much work to do. <laughs> and I know just speaking from Australia, you know, there's been a lot of chat about um, the nutritional updates that GPs need to be offered yeah, because yeah. they're still learning yeah. um, a course that hasn't had an upgrade in same update here. in many, <laughs> exactly many years. Same. So yeah, I yeah. really feel for them that they're just maybe a little bit in the dark as well and totally, so busy, yeah, yeah. so busy. Totally, yeah. Well, well the uh, so I... In America, they have culinary medicine, which is a, a relatively new course that's sort of going through the medical curricula. Over here in the UK, we started a, a nonprofit, again, culinary medicine, teaching medical students how to cook. And there are a few really prominent GPs who are sort of banging the drum in Australia, um, which is great to see. But it's not permeated through the sort of like older generations of GPs for, at this point, but it's definitely getting there. And I think... Yeah. The the tipping point for a lot of people is actually when they either get ill themselves, like in my in, in my case, or they're like their loved ones or close close family members get ill. Because then you start questioning. In the same way, a patient 
questions as well. Yeah. I don't want to be on that pill because I know that leads to the second one and then an intervention and then surgery. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm dealing with all the side effects of everything, yeah. you know. It's yeah. a, it's a really interesting sort of um phase in our in our journey as we get closer to some of those old school remedies that I used to think were just, you know, fluff. <laughs> you probably got a lot of that from your from your mother as well, right? From from Yeah, she wasn't one to hand out pills uh-huh. ever. She was like, oh, you're getting a scratchy throat here. I'll make you some ginger yeah, yeah, yeah. and lemon yeah, tea. Yeah. And I'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. I want the store-bought um, sweet lolly that yeah. you, you know, like as a child, that's what you wanted. Yeah. But she was like, oh, no, no, no. Here, let me brew you this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a different upbringing that I really didn't appreciate at the time. But, yeah. Um, yeah I think There's I- a real parallel with that with my mother as well because, I mean, I come from an Indian household and my mum got ill when I was uh, younger and she sort of like treated herself and used a lot of Ayurvedic traditions and things that I thought were just completely wacky. But actually, you know, you dive into the research around simple things like chai or cinnamon or turmeric yeah. and you're like, wow, this is there's actually quite a lot of research out there. So all the kind of things that mum is using to get better actually have a lot of scientific value in it these days and it's yeah it's interesting i see those sort of parallels with people who are interested in integrative medicine um i certainly had this sort of idea that it was a bit woo-woo and unevidence based but actually i think it's it's coming back into fashion yeah it's fascinating (laughs) i just yeah yeah. I'm so excited by it. I, I try and read as much as I can, which uh-huh. is why I'm always watching what you're up to and a few other integrative doctors and things and just trying to work my way through it because there's so much information yeah. to sift through um, and then to integrate it into recipes mm. that people want to eat that they yeah. don't, you know, there's that culture out there. Oh, if it's healthy, it mustn't taste that great. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think like, you know, you, going back to your, your books, you've done 29 now, I think. This is your 29th book. This That's incredible. Um, I think uh, a, a real key missing piece to this is the fact that people don't have the basic knowledge of cooking, even to today, mm. you know. And I think that's what's so wonderful about your books. I mean, you, even more uh, basics and, and the previous book, prior to that are teaching people the you know how to layer flavors and whether you want to use healthier ingredients or less healthy ingredients it's up to you but i think getting those basics is is key right yeah i mean the i mean you've only got to have a look at the delivery bikes especially where i live yeah. you know and that's the most alarming thing when i drive home the amount of delivery bikes on yeah. the street yeah um that i just think wow i understand everyone's time poor i get it i really get it <laughs> but um yeah, I think that's why I turned back to the basics because I was just could see I was like, okay, that we need to. I need to keep championing this. Yeah. It's, you know, cooking is is an essential part of keeping yourself well. Yeah, processed yeah. food is not the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, a quick omelet is quicker than delivery bikes. Delivery bikes, yeah, exactly. I have soggy something. Don't know where the ingredients have come from. Uh huh. In terms of um, how you keep healthy, I mean, you, you've got a repertoire of, of recipes, you know how to use ingredients and all that kind of stuff. What what are the other sort of um, more lifestyle health hacks that you've dived into, you, you, you've sort of leaned into? I'm a, I am was a big runner, but, okay. I, but I need to have a knee operation. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which has really affected my mental health. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, 
you know, like um, running is just that ultimate for me. Um, I can sift through my entire day, my thoughts, my my the noise in my head is calm and quiet and it's my processing and I've used that for years and years and years. Mm. So to not be running is a little... A, a little bit odd for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize how much I relied on it. And it was quite frightening when I couldn't run. So I started power walking, but it's not the same. Not the same so yeah. I'm just waiting to have a little break so I can yeah. probably this Christmas would be my Christmas present. Uh-huh. Let's just have a little uh-huh. bit of keyhole surgery yeah. on your knee yeah. <laughs> um, as a runner. But I've started to do some more strength things. Okay. I'm really focused strength things like Pilates. I have a reformer at home mm. because I like to exercise I don't like the judgment of a gym. Mm. If I want to get on my Pilates machine at 11 o'clock at night, mm. I just will. Mm. It pin sharp focuses me because of the discipline of the exercise, which really works for my head. Um, so I love that. And it's the first time I've added that real discipline strength um, kind of power into my exercise routine. Mm. Um but I'm a big walker. I live near the ocean at home, which is fantastic. Um And we just have a thing in my house, especially with my partner, well, let's just go walk it out. Um, So even in winter, which is not, let's face it, it's not that severe in Sydney, (laughs) I'll still put on a puffer coat and we'll go out at 9 o'clock, even if it's just for a 15, 20-minute walk. Yeah. Just got to release the day. And it it might not be work, it might be the kids, whatever it is. I just think that 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 kind of no one's ever felt bad after coming back from a walk mm, mm. or getting up early. I yeah. don't know any one of my friends who has regretted getting out of bed early. Mm, mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, luckily enough in Sydney we have the weather for it, but I just love nothing more than getting up in the dark and watching and seeing the sunrise, whether yeah. I'm walking or running or whatever I'm doing. Yeah. For me, and I, I have the biggest joke with my friends, um, we – laugh at each other because we we text each other win the morning win the day but it's such a we are so like taking the mickey out of each other but we we actually want to get caps made with it on the back here under my ponytail (laughs) win the morning win the day because it's a real one-upmanship kind of phrase which is kind of like the anti of what we're using it for like i'm so much better from than you (laughs) rupee i won the morning i won the day you know like so we just laugh about it so we're forever sending each other um sunrise pictures with winning the morning i love it that's just so to, good yeah so we like to just i've got that great image it. now of you like on the beach as, <laughs> as the sun comes up just texting away there's something in that though like i'm a i'm a big early riser and i think i learned that when i was living in sydney as well and the whole walk thing i don't know whether that's the sydney side of thing but my wife who's Australian and your, your biggest fan. She's not meant to be in the studio. She came especially because oh. you were coming in today. She never comes here. Um, but uh, she always drags me for a walk, you know, just phones away, laptops yeah. down, middle of the day, whenever it is, just sort of to get some air. And you're right, you never regret a walk. No. You know, when you come back, you're just like in a much better headspace. And I guess, you know, you have a, a, a sprawling empire, not just your books, but you've got so many other sort of touch points where people can experience Donna Hay, the brand. How do you manage that sort of brand identity, ensuring that, you know, everything is consistent with everything you do? Because when I look at a Donna Hay recipe in one of your beautiful books, I know instantly that's a, that's a Donna Hay recipe, you know? How, how do you deal with sort of the fact that you're in so many different you know, households, how many, so many people's lives, 
how, how do you, how do you sort of manage that sort of um, that that brand identity? Um, I think it then I'm lucky it comes naturally to me now, the consistency. I think I was much more highly strung when I was younger building the brand and I worried a lot more about the consistency and that maybe the sky would fall in if everything wasn't perfect. Right. Um, total perfectionist, OCD, like t- mm. I'm, I've got it all. Mm. Imposter sit, like let's just pile it all in here. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, when you – the the – the wisdom that you get of getting older, you learn to just let go of tiny things. And as you let go of more tiny things, I guess they become bigger things. Um, But I've been doing it for so long, I guess that I have a great um, understanding of what I want to achieve and um, what the things I need to let go of, Mm. Um, which is not many. I guess I'm just a little bit more comfortable in my skin. Mm. Um, And when I've got guys that have been with me for so many years that I think that they they beat the drum just as well as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might seem like a bit of a left-field question, but how do you deal with fame? How, how does that, how do you wrestle with that? Because you're so well-known. Um, this is hard to describe, but I don't see myself day-to-day as being any sort of famous. Mm-hmm. So if people stop me in the supermarket or mm. grab my arm, I must look like a total freak because for me I'm just doing the shopping or with my kids or I actually don't have that part uh-huh. I never wanted to be I just love doing my job yeah. so I jump back like someone's about to steal my bag and I look like a freak <laughs> because I just don't have that I don't go yeah. oh wow I'm yeah. so fame like yeah. for me it's not it's for me it's like I've got um a very distinguished brand mm-hmm. a very you know particular look and um, I love doing my job, mm. but I definitely, I go to work like everyone else. Like I see myself as just another working person. Yeah. So whenever anyone stops me, I must look like a freak mm. because I jump back and go, and then I go into this weird PR mode where I go, oh, yes, hi. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it doesn't, I don't know. I didn't start off going, okay, how am I going to become famous? Uh-huh. I came. I just came to it loving food and playing in food. Yeah. Um, even as a child, whipping egg whites and sugar and making these huge bowls of crazy cloud-like meringues, I just thought it was scientifically miraculous, yeah. you know. How much fun was that? Yeah. So I just, yeah, the fame thing I'm not uh, not about. At, like it I just comes with the job. Yeah. But I forget about it a lot. I'm, I'm more focused on what you know, what project we're working on next and how am I going to make it better and, you know, how do we get more people to cooking and how can I make it simpler and how can I make it healthier without turning people off and, Mm, mm. yeah. I love that. And you mentioned imposter syndrome a little bit earlier. I think a lot of people listening to this or watching this might be like, how how could you have imposter syndrome? You're amazing, you know, this very distinguished stylist and and recipe uh, creator. When do you feel that you shook off the imposter syndrome cloak or is it still something that it still creeps in interesting yeah i did um like even when i used to go and speak at a you know wherever i'd be in front of the public um luckily i had some smart people around me and i would be so nervous and 
I'd be worried about saying the wrong thing or just why am I here and the whole imposter syndrome. And then one of the girls that worked with me, she said to me once, you know, we haven't tied every one of these people to the chair today. You know, Mm. they've come here of their own free will Mm. to see you. So there was little things that happened that I just kind of was like, okay, okay, they're not here because they've been tied to the chairs. So let's what can I tell them that they won't find on Google? What can I, what are the things that I want to get out of this today? So I think I channeled my kind of awkwardness into what I wanted to deliver and what I could do and my perfectionism. Yeah. I kind of dropped my nerves for wanting to deliver a more perfect message and more succinct. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's flipped yeah. it on its head. Totally. I wanted yeah. to do a better job than just sit there being nervous. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think, I, look, there are some pearls of wisdom there. And I, I, I wish we had a bit more time to really dive into some of the other topics. Um, and I, I, I just want to say thanks for coming to the studio. Oh, you're talking, so welcome. Talking about the cookbooks. We're going to do a little bit of cooking in a second. Um, but if there was, if there was sort of like one thing that you could leave our audience with, it could be anything. It doesn't necessarily need to be about cooking or nutrition. It could be anything that sort of you've gleaned over the course of your career or your family life that could really help our listeners in terms of a health hack or something that you feel is really helped you put in put yourself into flow state or just help helped you to be a healthier happier person at work or whatever that might be what do you what do you think that that might be i think a walk is definitely something that i've taken from this that i'm definitely yeah. going to be doing a lot more often um i think as a working mum i did have a big shift in my career where i stopped hiding needing to leave work for my boys to turn up to an athletics carnival or you know i was I was kind of brought up through that system that you didn't do that, that you were, you know, that you worked as power through. Yeah. You power through and you needed to either hide that or, and so I went through this big shift where most of my staff were female. And I just one day thought, hang on a second, what kind of boss am I hiding that I really, really want to go to my boys swimming carnival or that they're sick. And I actually want to be home with them today. And so I just one day just stopped. I just stopped and I started putting in my diary, swimming carnival, blah, 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 blah. And I stopped um, making excuses for being a mum. I I'm still get exactly the same amount of work done. Mm. I, I stopped beating myself up about trying to juggle it and I just did it. And I yeah. just, I just did. And I knew the work would get done and I just kind of parked that whole panic of, oh, my goodness, I, I, maybe I won't look like I'm doing my job if I mm. sneak out to the athletics kind of all, or how can I hide that as a meeting in my yeah, diary? Yeah. I stopped doing it because yeah. I realised that what sort of example was I setting for all the younger girls in my office was yeah. pretty bad, Yeah, pretty bad. And so I just stopped. Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, as we sort of grow our little mini empire over here, I think I've gleamed a lot of pearls of knowledge from you because certainly I, I'm sort of responsible for a culture that we have in in our space here, a culture across the whole company as we grow. And we have a a mixture of of different people working. And I think setting an example, I'm a classic sort of workaholic, you know, seven days a week up till 10 p.m. Just, you know, when you're starting out your own, you know all Uh about that. Um, But 
in reality, if I'm setting an example of what I feel is a good place to work, I need to make sure that I'm practicing also when I'm preaching. And so I've definitely taken that on board for sure. I'm, I'm going to, I'll let you know how I get on with it. <laughs> oh, it's so hard in the beginning. I'm not going to hold you to it. <laughs> Just do your best. Yeah, no, I'll try. I'll try for sure. But look, this has been wonderful. And um, hopefully I'll get to see you in Sydney at some point. Yes. I'm over there in the next couple of months. So Great. I'll definitely be pinging Oh, we'll message. be going for a walk. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I, only if I can get one of those caps. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Doctor's Kitchen Podcast. Remember, you can support the pod by rating on Apple, follow along by hitting the subscribe button on Spotify, and you can catch all of our podcasts on YouTube if you enjoy seeing our smiley faces. Review show notes on the doctorskitchen.com website and sign up to our free weekly newsletters where we do deep dives into ingredients, the latest nutrition news, and of course, lots of recipes by subscribing to the Eat, Listen, Read newsletter by going to thedoctorskitchen.com forward slash newsletter. And if you're looking to take your health further, why not download the Doctor's Kitchen app for free from the App Store? I will see you here next time.